43.5 million pounds of food this year, enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org/volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org/volunteer to find out how. Inexplicably, the deceased contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Uh, Dan Frank. Dan Frank? He already went. We he was the guy from twice? Albany. He was great. I have got to get better at hosting. Hang on one moment while Charity... Sorry? McHenry? Is there a McHenry? Ah. Sorry, what was the name? Jacob McHenry. Jacob McHenry. All right. I promise the next intro will be smoother. Jacob McHenry, everybody. I got that legendary. They call it Bubbleberry. All right. I was watching TV earlier today. Uh, saw the show. It's called uh, Top Ten Wild Animal Attacks uh, Caught on Camera. I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen this. Uh, but if you have, let me know if you noticed this. Uh, wild animals don't seem to like uh, white people at all, man. <laughs> they don't. I started noticing a disturbing pattern. Every video was a white dude being viciously mauled by an apex predator. Sharks, grizzly bears, lions. Lions is when I started connecting the dots because they live in a place surrounded by black people. But you can't find one video online of a black person being attacked by a lion, which makes me think these animals
Tell me that there's danger to this land you call your own And you watch them build the war machines right beside your home And you tell me that you're ready to go marching to the war Oh, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Before you pack your rifle and sail across the sea just think upon the southern part of land that you call free. Oh, there's many kinds of slavery, and we found many more. Yes, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? And before you walk out on your job and answer to the call, just think about the millions who have no job at all. And the men who wait for handouts with their eyes upon the floor. I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Turn on your TV, turn it on so loud. And watch the fool is smiling there and tell me that you're proud. And listen to your radio, the noise it starts to pour. Oh, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Read your morning papers, read every single line. And tell me if you can believe that simple world you find. Read every slanted word till your eyes are getting sore. I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? And listen to your leaders, the ones that won the race. As they stand right there before you and lie into your face. If you ever try to buy them, you know what they stand for. I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? 
Put a ragged clothes upon your back and sleep upon the ground. And tell police about your rights as they drag you down. And ask them as they lead you to some deserted door. Yes, I know you're set for fighting, but what are you fighting for? But the hardest thing I'll ask you, if you will only try, is take your children by their hands and look into their eyes. And there you'll see the answer you should have seen before. If you'll win the wars at home, there'll be no fighting anymore. Chief strategist in the Trump administration, 45's main liar, misogynist. Flares, you'd fling them into trees. That was going huge space, and it's huge. definitely gorgeous. I just um, feel like, um, you know, a lot of memorable and, and appreciable, and, and mm-hmm. you gotta, like, you can warm your heart.
broaden my mind to the point where I can deal with anything that comes along. It adds to me as a man who wants to live like a common vegetable. I told Lonnie I agreed wholeheartedly, but that sometimes you can get enough of experimenting. Sometimes you want something normal and dependable. Well, that's why I'm going to get that job, Lonnie said. Then I'm going back home to St. Louis and see my mama. Why don't you just go to St. Louis and see her now? I demanded, tired of having my ears filled with improbable plans. Oh man, you don't understand. My folks put me through school. I had two years of college in St. Louis. My sister went too. We were the onlyest ones in my family, and the onlyest blacks at the whole school. You know, Mama didn't have no school at all. Mama picked cotton in Franklin Parish her whole life. But she wanted me to go to college real bad, and so I did. But here I am now, college educated, and you're saying, go home and visit your mama when I'm a tramp? No way, man, not never. First, I'm gonna get me that van and have something to show for myself. Now I see, I said. Morning had come before we reached San Jose. Lonnie thought the tracks would take us right into town, but apparently we missed a turn and ended up walking through a large upper middle class neighborhood. People were awake now, picking up their morning papers and backing cars out of their driveways to go to work. The place reminded me of home and I walked leisurely down the sidewalk. But Lonnie felt very self-conscious, especially with his black eye. The last mile to the mission was nearly a sprint. We spent the day lazing around San Jose and in the evening joined the long line waiting for admission to the Salvation Army. When Lonnie heard the rumor that an ID was required for admission, he nibbled nervously on his beard. What's wrong, I asked. When I was beat up, they took my ID. Well then, let's go somewhere else. No, no, maybe I can make it. Look, if you get in and I don't, maybe we can meet somewheres in the morning. Sounds good to me. How about the post office at eight? Gotcha.
as the sun fell from the sky There we said our last goodbyes Voices sail, cut the line I could wait till the end of time Say the world, would you be my girl? Swallow the sea, could you fall for me?
Black Blast Mutiny Radio out of them. Keep listening.
don't know it, but I've made my mind up. You wind up in my arms. First, I'll have to break down your resistance to my charms. Yes, darling. I know it won't be easy, but I won't stop until I find a way. Everybody knows that Rome wasn't built in a day. How I'll make it happen, I'm not certain. I'm working on a plan. And when I get it tight, you believe I'm your man. You don't know it yet, but you surrender when I make my play. Everybody knows that wrong wasn't built in. protection 24-hour love and affection it'll take time to make it right take a look at what the pharaoh did when he built his pyramid everybody knows that didn't spring up overnight there will be a celebration and a silver band will play Everybody knows that Rome wasn't built in
Scrap like plastic, Muni Radio FM.
top. I'm on top of a mountain. Ah, it's miserable up here. I'm running my guts out. My dog's so sore-footed he can't walk. My knee's all screwed up. And I mean my horse's ribs and bones, mother. This is, it's impossible.
บนนั้นมันช่างสงได้ยินไหมคุณกอเธอลดลงมาหากันหน่อยนะครับกอผมมันกลัวความสูงแค่มองยังไม่กล้าตัวตัวไต่ลงมาอย่ายแต่
Thank you. 
I tried reading a newspaper, but Lonnie's absence played on my mind. Why did tramps just disappear like that? My disappointment at losing him turned into a general despair with the whole tramp world. It wasn't just Lonnie's way to disappear like that. It was Pete's and Bill's too, and it bothered the hell out of me. Tramp hellos were very nearly as abbreviated, shorn of the handshaking, embracing, and smiling used by everyone else to say, I'm glad to see you. Tramp conversation could be animated and genial, but the intimacy that it implied was largely an illusion. In fact, it seemed to me that tramps resisted closeness with each other more than any people I'd ever met. A friend found this a very unlikely observation. All alone like that? I think they'd really want to make friends, he said. I tried and tried to discover an explanation for why it wasn't so to recall anything a tramp might have said to me about keeping one's distance. I suddenly remembered an incident during my three days in Elko, Nevada. The jangling of cans and bottles woke me where I was sleeping inside one of the little rooms of the jungle in the abandoned corral. Someone had tripped over the alarm, a piece of black nylon cord strung close to the ground at the entrance to the corral. Tied to one end and balanced on a post was an assortment of old bottles and cans that fell off when the line was pulled. I looked up. A tall, middle-aged tramp recovered his balance and paused at the threshold of the corral. He gave a little wave. Saw your fire when my train rolled in, partner, he said. Okay if I join you for a minute? I waved him in coolly with his brand new clothes shiny shoes, clean-shaven face, and clean, close-clipped fingernails. He did not look like a tramp just off afraid. But as I put on some coffee water, he explained himself. He was just in from Salt Lake, just out of a week-long marriage to a Mormon woman. Oh, I thought it was gonna be great, he said, talking excitedly. She wasn't the best-looking thing, but she was rich big old house, nice car. She bought me all this shit, he said, gesturing at his clothing. New pants, floor shimes, the works. But after a couple days, I couldn't stand her. She was jealous, he said, of the friendliness between him and her mother. She walked the house at night holding a pair of scissors in her hand. I could just see her stabbing me with those things through the sheets, you know what I mean? nice satin sheets. He looked momentarily wistful. She was taking pills at night, talking to herself. Shit, I couldn't sleep either. She messed with my head. Finally, he said, I put my boot in her ass and split. His bedroll was made up of the covers from their bed. He talked nervously, but without stopping, like one who'd had nobody to talk with for a long time just been through an experience that he desperately needed to share. No matter that the details were intimate, and I, a complete stranger. I met her in a store three weeks ago, he explained. I was just shopping. That sounded unlikely, but he stuck to it. I saw her in there a few times, and then I asked her out. Before long, she'd driven him to Elko, and they were married in the Wedding Bells Chapel garish storefront wedding parlor I'd seen downtown. That part 
Since few tramps had stopped by in the past couple of days, I'd bought a bottle of wine in the hope that it would help me meet some. Noticing that the gunboat of coffee water had boiled down, I brought the wine out. The tramp looked very pleased. Name's Monty, he said, after taking a very long swallow. Sonny, I returned, adding only that I was just in from California. I took a sip of wine and was quiet, having no similar experience to share. That did not slow down Monty. His talk, Hopscotch from Louis L'Amour, his favorite author of Western novels, to cotton fields in Texas where he'd worked in prison, to movies. Almost single-handedly, Monty finished three quarters of the bottle, and it occurred to me he'd probably done so on an empty stomach. Wine is a strange mocker, he said all of a sudden. In the end, it stings like an adder. Where'd you hear that? It sounded like the kind of thing they might pound into your head at a detox center. Monty shifted his big frame unsteadily on the small, overturned bucket on which he sat. Eh, just picked it up, he said, clearly beginning to lose his sense of balance. That's what got Cleopatra, you know, an adder. He went on to tell me the story of Antony and Cleopatra, speaking more slowly now. She one day just asked to leave her, started crying. That's what gets me when they turn on the water, big horse turd tears. For the first time, Monty was quiet. He looked down at the ground, his head resting in his hands. A tear dropped into the dust between his feet. Monty reached for his gear and, to my surprise, produced a bottle from his own bedroll. But he barely unscrewed the top when he began to weep openly. I thought it was going to be great, he sobbed uncontrollably now. I thought I found me a brand new slot. I placed my hand on his shoulder, and Monty really let loose. It was his fourth marriage, he said. What really had happened was she kicked him out. He didn't think you'd ever be able to live with a woman. His first wife left him for his best friend. The second just disappeared one day. And now this, now this, he sobbed. Brother, don't you ever fall in love.
Classic on Uni Radio with our brown cousin Milar. Uni Radio got a website, donate some money, please.
get the, the roll of film? Did you find it? No, I had my folks bring it from the States when they came. Oh. So I think you can find it. Uh, you can get the yeah, like You can get color and you can get it developed, but I don't know.
我我等下我走在这里。<笑>